0: I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and sometimes I like to pretend that I'm deaf. And I try to imagine what it would be like to not hear the birds.
1: And it's not so bad. And I'm Avsanensky, and perhaps if I had been informed, I may have been able to attend my mother's funeral.
0: Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss the special section, Season 3, Episode 6, which originally aired on October 20th, 2002. The special section, uh, tonight's episode, will feature the the death of a Jew, the first uh, death of a Jew, I think, uh, to happen in Curb. And um, there we also discuss uh, eating a lot of hard-boiled eggs. So I think it really is appropriate that we are recording this on uh, Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, which is, Av, of course, is your name, but is also the name of a Jewish month. And today, the ninth of Av is the uh, sort of the annual day of mourning on the Jewish calendar. It's the saddest day of the year. And, uh, you know, before the day begins, before our fast begins, we usually eat a hard-boiled egg. And then we talk about all the Jews that have died. So this episode is really perfect, I think, for today.
1: Um, It's a perfect episode. Um, other than all the problems with it, we're going to talk about <laughs> shortly. Um, yeah. And this is not referring to the section of a restaurant where they see all the ugly people. Uh, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll come. There, there are oh, more. I saw the title. I was like, wait,
1: what? Is, did they yeah. do this twice? Uh, okay.
0: Oh yeah. So let's jump right into it. So no,
1: we are in New York City, home to Larry David, and also home to Martin Scorsese. And Larry is on a rooftop, and they're filming a, some sort of Martin Scorsese picture. And we see a group of, I would say, mob goons being lectured by Larry, who seems to be some sort of mob boss in this film. And he's, uh, he's telling them, you know, they didn't do a good job, all they didn't care about is money, and he starts throwing money at them. Yeah.
0: He's also, he has a wig and a mustache. And I think he looks quite dapper. And I know that I'm in the minority on Seinfeld as well when George wears a rug. But I think both of them look, uh, are, are rather attractive men with uh, these toupees on their heads.
1: Yeah, Larry looks all right. If you saw, if you saw him on the street like that, you wouldn't. Uh, you oh, wouldn't right. Think I he, think he's he, like a, yeah, yeah, he looks okay. Quite a
0: good looking, uh, you know, middle aged man.
1: Yeah. So, um, Marty, Cheryl, calls, by the way, uh, makes absolutely no comment about it. Yeah. No one makes any comment. Yeah. So Marty calls cut. Um, he gives Larry some feedback. Um, he mentions how like he couldn't really see what Larry was doing cause he didn't have a good angle. The sound cut off. Maybe very, this was a little confusing. I didn't really understand what was going on here. Um, but basically his main, uh, his main feedback for Larry is he wants him to get to the threat of violence quicker in the scene. Larry says, well, you know, if we really want to, uh, imply violence, why don't I take out Gino's balls in a plastic bag? <laughs> um, Scorsese thinks this is a bit much. He just really wants the threat of violence, not actual violence just yet. He thinks
0: balls won't read,
1: but uh, balls will read. Yeah, it could work. Yeah. Um, Larry's very flustered. He says, what's the matter with you? Do you even know what you're doing, Marty <laughs> Scorsese? Marty says, you know, we just need two more takes. Larry says, you know, you really, you shoot so many shots. On Seinfeld, we did two takes and we were done um so anyway larry goes over to cheryl who apparently is there on the on the set of this movie and she's really excited that larry got to talk to marty scorsese which she shouldn't be that surprised that like the director will be on set of the movie and like talking to the actors who are it's clearly
0: not the first time that they've had a conversation yeah cheryl's been hanging out on the set maybe this is her first day that larry let her come to set
1: yeah, who knows? Um, but like, it's, it, it doesn't, I mean, I guess it's possible. It doesn't seem like Larry is in just like some like nothing part. I guess maybe he is. Who the hell knows? Yeah. I guess he's not like the main role. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> Cheryl is definitely fangirling out over Marty. Yeah.
1: Um, Larry's concerned because like he feels like Marty doesn't like how he's doing. Um, but whatever. And he asks, oh, by the way, has my father called? Cheryl says no, and Larry thinks that's a little weird because I called him a few times, and I know my mother was sick, and why would he not call me back?
0: Yeah, it really is incredible, by the way, how little Larry's parents have to do with his life. Like, this is a guy in his 50s whose parents are, you know, presumably in their 80s or whatever, and he's never mentioned them before, he's never spoken to them, spoken about them, seen them in three and a half seasons. And I would imagine that, you know, unless someone's on bad terms with their parents, which we have no reason to think Larry is, how often do you think someone of that age whose parents are that age, like think of your parents and their parents, for example, would they ever go like, you know, this long without ever mentioning or talking to or seeing their parents? It just seems very odd to me.
1: Yeah. Well, we, we do mention Larry's mom a couple times this season. Like, it's mentioned that. Very she's, passing, but just sort yeah, of to set passing.
0: this episode up, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, as we mentioned last week, is like a very weird thing for yeah. Curb to do.
0: And Larry's dad, by the way, will become a slightly more prominent character now. I guess they were just looking to cast somebody, and then they find uh, Shelley Berman, obviously.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we uh, we cut to a plane landing in L.A., and they are taking a cab back home, and Larry's getting very nervous and flustered. He feels like the driver is taking weird routes. He's making wrong turns. And he's really anxious to, I guess, get in touch with his father. So he suggests, why don't I have the cab drop me off there and you can go home. I just want to check in on my parents and see what's going on. So he goes up to see his dad. says, hi, they catch up a little bit. And all of a sudden, you know, Larry's like, okay, so, you know, what's going on? You know, I called you a bunch of times. Um, You didn't call me back. What's going on? How's mom? Um, Dad says, well, I was very busy. (laughs) <laughs> um he keeps dodging any questions about his mother. Um Larry keeps asking. So finally his father, he starts stammering a little bit. He's like, well, you know, we actually we had to take her to the hospital. Larry, so he all of a sudden he's like, Well what do you what do you mean? What's going on? Is she okay? What is is she still in the hospital? She's like, No, she's not in the hospital anymore. Don't have to worry about that anymore. He says, "Why didn't you tell me?" Like, what? I understand. She said, "Well, we didn't really want to bother you with the fact that she was in a hospital because you were in New York, and you know this kind of goes on for another thirty seconds or a minute until finally it comes out that oh, she's dead." Um, but like her, her last words was, "Don't bother, Larry. Yeah, he's in New York. I don't want to ruin his trip."
0: Yeah, and it's a, this whole scene is absolutely incredible.
1: Uh, yes, it's very. Shelly
0: Berman will actually win an Emmy for playing uh, uh, Nat David on oh, Enthusiasm. Really? And uh, not for this episode, I think it's a later season, but it's well-deserved.
1: Yeah. Um, Larry, understandably, is very flabbergasted by what's <laughs> going on here. Um, he's like, well, when does this happen? He says, so his dad started doing math. And he said, he's like, well, the funeral was Monday. <laughs> Larry's like, but what's the funeral? What are you talking about? He's livid that he wasn't at the funeral. but dad was like, well, I don't know what you wanted from me. Like, she told me not to bother you. Yeah. She didn't want to ruin your trip. Um, all the weird sudden, part was- is that
0: it was such a huge funeral. Everyone was there and yet nobody none of the people there either call like as soon as larry finds out all of a sudden he starts getting tons of phone calls about it
1: yeah but he didn't well, get any phone calls the whole previous phone week, phone week.
0: Episode. but he didn't check his messages in his house we know
1: he checks the messages
0: in yeah, his yeah, house. Yeah. we know he knows how to do that
1: yeah no there, oh, yeah. nothing about this makes any sense at all yeah. <laughs> um although i would argue it might be the part of the episode that makes the most sense
0: yeah there, there's parts that are make less sense correct
1: <laughs> um I guess we could write them. I would say probably number the, the one that makes the most sense in the, in the scene is probably, the, maybe it goes in order. Cause the, I think the first scene, it's like, okay, this is ridiculous, but I guess it could happen.
0: That he's playing a role in a Martin movie. That he's playing a role
1: in a Martin Scorsese, a a, right, a okay, Martin yeah. Scorsese movie. is like, whatever. It wouldn't okay. happen, but it could. Fine. Not, not being not. told
0: about his mother's funeral. And yeah. Not finding out independently. Yeah. Not so being it's told like is fine. but I guess not impossible. Yeah. yeah. Mixing up the cash for the fake cash and dicking up the grave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in Seinfeld, they dig up a bird's grave, so they had to escalate.
1: (laughs) Right, they have to escalate. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll get to those stuff. Yeah. Um, So in walks in Cousin Andy, who we meet for the first time, played by the great Richard Kind. Of course. um, Who routinely walks into my house from time to time just to say hello. Yeah. (laughs) I've probably met Richard Kind four or five hundred times when I lived in New York. Um, he, he wishes Larry his condolences and says he missed the nice funeral. Oh, so I actually had a question about this before he walks in. Did were, were Larry's parents, like, married and living together?
0: I believe so.
1: I assume, right? There's no reason yeah. to suspect otherwise. Yeah. But, like... They had an epic love story. According to right, sense. yes. Well, may, maybe well, still. But my, my, So my question is, like, Larry walks in, yeah. and, like, only oh, his father is there. Yeah. Like, he should, like, be getting to, like, that, like, the punch much sooner. Like, Where is mom? Well, he
0: does. I mean, he he says what's going on. Like, he says, I mean, but he also thinks that his mom might be in the hospital, remember?
1: Eventually. Like, when he first walks in, all he does is, like, he just starts, like, exchanging. But the reason he was
0: calling his dad is because he thought his mom was sick, and so she could be in the hospital. Now, it also might be possible she was living in some kind of uh, retirement or, or, you know, rehab facility, something like that. Shohei Hotani just hit a home run, by the way. Oh,
1: okay. Well, he's better picking, so maybe (laughs) this
0: will work out. A, a three-run home run, in fact. A three-run home
1: run. Oh, wow, that's yeah. even more impressive.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> he did the fake high-five with the third-base coach because the third-base coach, for social distancing reasons, is – all right, sorry. I'm distracting by watching baseball while we're – That's
1: okay. Um, so Larry. Yeah. Says... So So it is a
0: little confusing. So, yeah, she might be – the, the presumption is that they lived together, whether she had recently been living in some kind of facility that could care for her better – you know, it was possible.
1: Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, so Larry says, I'm sorry, I missed it. Perhaps if I had been informed, they may have been able to attend my mother's funeral. Yes. Um, he points out that, wait a second, Andy came from New York. So yeah. you had no problem bothering Andy. To come to New York. And she says, well, your mom didn't say anything about not bothering Andy. So we yeah. thought it was okay. Um, Andy then decides to flip the conversation. Out yeah. and now he's angry at Larry that Larry didn't call him when he was in New York. Yeah. Um, Lowry says, well, I was too busy to go see you. Larry says, no, you need to come see me. Just a call would be nice. Yeah. Lowry's like, well, what are you talking about? Like, what's the difference if I call you when I'm in New York or I call you when I, I'm in LA? Yeah, this uh, antiquated concept, like,
0: our kids will never understand.
1: Yeah. Larry but thinks in our like parents' is,
0: generation and above, it was mandatory.
1: Yeah. Andy thinks this is like an obvious thing to do. Like, yeah. if you went to Florida, of course you would call and so and so. Even like if you right.
0: have no intent to, to see them.
1: Yeah. Even if you don't intend yeah. to see them. Um, And again, back in the the time
0: when a phone call of long distance was expensive and a local phone call was free, I think it was a much more logical thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, It makes no
0: sense. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be around the world or around the corner. You know, if you're going to see someone, you call them. If you're not going to see them, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's also more just like it's an an indication to that person that like you were thinking of them. So it's like, I'm in New York. Who do we know in New York? Like the fact that like you didn't even think to like call me and let me know you were in town means like I'm not even like in the top – 10 people or so that you think to
0: uh, well sure, but in a modern era like in, in like the in the cell phone era today where there's no like long, long distance anymore i think it's almost the reverse you're not going to call someone if you're going to their town and cannot see them oh yeah no, no, nowadays for sure yeah because you don't want then you're almost highlighting the fact you know that you couldn't see them that you're avoiding them yeah. yeah unless i mean i've had situations where uh you know we've gone on short vacations to places and then like there's been a picture posted on facebook by me or my wife or something and then we get in trouble because someone says oh why did you tell me you were there?"
1: Yeah, it could happen. So, um, that's to me, I can think
0: of at least three occasions where that's actually yeah, happened. Us
1: living in New York, there's always like an imbalance because, like, if we go to somewhere, we're expected to like see everyone in that place. Yeah. But like, when somebody comes to New York, I don't assume that they're going to see me because like, they yeah. know a million people here and their family. And, yeah.
0: Uh, well, well, that's because you're from New York. That's a very New York-centric attitude. I have no family in New York,
1: so <laughs> you don't. But even you probably know the people. The place that you know the most people is in New York.
0: Well, yeah, but I've lived here for 20 years, so, I, but, you know.
1: <laughs> Even before <laughs> so, you lived here, you probably knew more people no. in New York than no. some random No. The first place.
0: time I was ever in New York in my life was the first day of MTA, and I had no family here until I moved here.
1: Okay, well, I so, I, I meant before you, like, moved here recent, more recently. But but, well, but yeah. I had already
0: lived here for high school and for college, you know,
1: I'd already lived here. A right. lot of people live in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, particularly a lot of Jewish but, but people I'm just, But i But I'm York. just pointing
0: out, it's a very provincial, like, it's a very New Yorker thing to say, well, everybody knows more people in New York, like, I'm sure there are many listeners to this podcast who know zero people from
1: New York. Well, I meant more in our circles, yes. Yes. Well, your circles, basically. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Orthodox Jewish people okay. tend to know a lot of people in New York. Yeah,
0: okay. Anyhow. <laughs>
1: oh, I see an arm being added here. Um, okay. I don't know what we're up to.
0: Yeah, well, we're complaining about Andy's antiquated concept. Yeah. yeah. You come to town, you give me a call.
1: Okay, right. So, oh, they're talking about the funeral and how nice it is. Uh, they they show him, I guess this is like a signing book that people who have had the funeral <laughs> sign. I've never seen one of these before in my yeah. life, but fine. Oh, yeah. I've seen uh, one funerals. of those. What? It, I've seen, they definitely have those at the funeral. Yeah, I've never, if, known, I've never seen it's one. It's not those. a thing okay. that
0: people our age are going to sign, but the old people sign them.
1: Got it. And it's actually, um, it's
0: important. I know, like my, I, I know my in-laws, I remember my, my mother-in-law going through it to see who had signed it when her father died. Got it. So I think it matters um, to
1: people of that generation. And one of, the, one of the one of the responses that <laughs> he reads is someone saying, oh, this is very nice, but where the hell is Larry? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, question. we're back at home. Cheryl's telling right, Larry. "It's over.
0: They mentioned all the wonderful shiva food they had, including a lot of hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Cheryl's telling Larry oh, about Dally. a few people who called, to wish condolences, yeah. Um, she then, she turns more. Well, hold on. I,
0: I wrote down the names of everyone who called because it's the Jewishest list ever.
1: Yes. Uh, first, um, the
0: Sussman's call. Then Michael Adler called, which is literally the name of a kid who was in our class in high school.
1: Yeah. I know two people named Michael Adler. Yeah. Uh, one, then, one, one from my uh, elementary school and one from my high school. Then a different one. Yeah. Uh,
0: then the suit company calls for Julie Bloom's bat mitzvah. Right. Then the Mandels call. Of course, we also had a Mandel in our class in high school. Yes. So all the Jews are coming out of the woodwork to call. But again, none of these people called before for the whole previous week of his, right. like no one ever called, or I guess Larry just
1: never checked. Well, maybe list. Larry's mom called him all and told him not to marry. Yeah, exactly.
0: Larry sped the rumor uh, far and wide, yes.
1: Whatever um, you do, except yeah, for the Yeah, so Cheryl of turns voice. into, like, Larry's uh, secretary for the rest of the scene. Yeah. She's like, as you said, uh, M- Michael Adler called. He wants to do lunch. Larry's surprised because we haven't spoken in five years. Stork confirms to let him know that his suit is ready for the Bloombot Mitzvah. Yeah, when's uh, the last Larry- time you
0: spoke to one of your Adlers, by the way, your Michael Adlers?
1: Um, I think the last time I saw him, probably, was... Are about high
0: school or elementary school now?
1: The one from elementary school, okay. I last saw at A.B. Sutton's wedding. Okay. When he did not book a hotel room and crashed on the floor in my hotel room.
0: Who, Michael Adler?
1: Yes. The uh, other Michael Adler I don't think I've seen since high school. Oh, Okay. <laughs> But I would, I, yeah, I don't know. The other Michael well, I'm Adler, sure I probably saw him at some point. At the life.
0: other Michael Adler's brother lives in my neighborhood and I'm friendly with him. So, in fact, I'm closer friends with him now than with the brother. In fact, I'm closer friends with him now than I ever was with the brother. So. <laughs>
1: All right. Oh, well, and the original, the first Michael Adler, the one from my elementary school, grew up in Englewood.
0: So oh, his might, family
1: lives
0: there. Oh, but he doesn't live here anymore.
1: I would assume not, but I don't know. I'm not in touch with him. As I said, I haven't seen him in like 10 years.
0: I, I just typed Michael Adler into Facebook. Would you like to guess how many Michael Adlers on Facebook I am either friends with or have mutual friends with?
1: Um, I'll say seven. Oh, Only five. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Comment, this is riveting stuff. Yes. <laughs>
1: um so larry's dreading to spot mitzvah he says can you think of anything worse which cheryl kind of gives him this dirty look because his mom just died
0: yeah
1: um the mandels want to confirm dinner saturday night larry says no way not happening cancel that yeah um so cheryl calls them to cancel and what does she use as the excuse well you know larry's mom just died and we really just need time right now and she understands yeah, and Larry. This is a revelation. He has a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. Um. This, this, this here, this little montage was my favorite scene of this episode. Um. He, he realizes that he could use his mom's death as an excuse, so we see this little like montage of him calling several people, including Michael Adler and the Blooms, to let them know that I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be able to uh, to hang out with you or attend your event because you know I'm just very sad about my mother. Um. You know, we, we're going we're to touch a little bit on Jewish law later in this episode, yeah. um, but if Larry actually understood Jewish law, he would know that he h- had a built-in excuse to get out of a not out because of the in the yeah. year following a parent's death, you're not really supposed to attend uh, festive occasions like that if you're yeah. observant. So, although really
0: there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, loopholes to that law. Yes, which, yes uh, can you work could as take a advantage. The, yes, and office. actually, that would have been a comedic opportunity because then you know Julie Bloom's mother would offer Larry the job, and Larry would have to reluctantly accept it, and you know, yeah,
1: yeah. yes, because there's nothing more than a grieving person wants. Yes. To work at a waiter at a bat mitzvahs that he could attend when he yeah. didn't want to attend in the first place. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not
0: real jobs. It's uh, yeah, a, no, no. A, it's a very techni- technicality situation. Yes, as, um, as Jewish law loopholes tend to be.
1: So um, Larry is hanging out with Richard Lewis and Richard is like, wants to know how did you even get this role in this Martin Scorsese yeah. picture? like, what's going on here? He's very jealous. Uh, he's very jealous. Larry says, well, he saw me at the improv once, I guess a long time ago uh, back when I was lived in New York. And I was like screaming at different people in the audience. And he remembered me seeing that. And he thought in his head that I could play a tough looking Jew. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard certainly congratulates him but as you said he's clearly very jealous and bitter that Larry who's not even an actor got yeah. know, a role in a he says I movie. should go hang
0: outside Martin Scorsese
1: he says yeah, well, I don't, maybe, yeah I don't know hang out <laughs> outside Martin Scorsese's he's and yell at people maybe that's how, you, that's how you get cast in a movie
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Richard says I decided that I'm going to start meditating to help calm myself down Larry says oh I used to meditate which like, there's no way he did Like, there's no way Larry David meditated yes. anymore yeah. Um, he says it's actually not so hard. All you need to do is you just pick like a mantra and you repeat it in your head over and over and over again, and it makes you feel better. Um, Richard Lewis is very confused by this, but like, how do I even choose a mantra? What do you? What, what does it mean? How do I pick one? What's good? Um, Larry says, "How about try this one? Lonely, lonely, lonely." <laughs> um, Richard doesn't really like that. Larry says well when I meditated I used the mantra called Gia uh, which I don't even know what it means but it just made me feel very relaxed and you know why don't you uh, give it a shot
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Larry looks over to a storefront and he sees a guy who he says his name is Swindell no that's Ed Mandel that's the
0: one who's supposed to have dinner with it's Ed Mandel
1: oh Mandel I thought he said Swindell
0: no it's the same guy
1: Oh, okay. That's okay. And uh, okay. by the way, but it's
0: it's a, it's an understandable confusion for you because this uh, Ed Mandel seems very gentile to me. He seems more like a Swindell than a Mandel. <laughs> I
1: could have, have you ever oh, heard like a, a Jew? A have you ever
0: heard a Jew say "Bless your heart"?
1: No, no. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk like that. <laughs> um. He, so Larry doesn't want to talk to him, and he knows this guy's going to try to do a stop and shot with me. No, you sure it's the same guy? Because Mandel yeah. should yeah, have I, already known about the mom. Maybe,
0: maybe, 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 uh, Cheryl called Mrs. Mandel. I don't know, but I, yeah, the, okay. the, the caption is Mandel, okay,
1: also. Fine. So, I um, guess in theory, this would be a different Mandel, and uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a different Mandel. There you go, as we've um,
0: established, it's a common name,
1: yeah, and uh. He asks Richard, oh, just please stick around so that way I don't have to get stuck in a conversation with this guy. But Richard says, no, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the guy comes over. They start making small talk about, oh, I have to do all this shopping with my, I don't know if it was his wife or his daughter. I think it was his daughter.
0: Yeah, because he talks about, yeah, daddy, which one makes me look yeah, like a big girl. Unless
1: maybe his wife calls him daddy. <laughs> That's a little creepy. Um. Larry cuts him off and says, oh, you know, I just, my mom just died. I really just need to be alone (laughs) with my own thoughts. And he, of course, gets, he's very moved by this and says, oh, yeah, of course, you need, you know, you need to do your thing. And he complies. So we see uh, Larry, he's walking around in a cemetery. Uh, He's looking for his mother's grave.
0: Yeah. By the way, the name Um, of the cemetery is Mounted View Mortuary Cemetery, which does not seem like a very Jewish, Jewish cemeteries usually have, you know, some kind of. Uh, bait or Mount or Sinai or something sort of Jewy in it, very un, very gentilely named to a cemetery. I think. Yeah, for a cemetery which is quite religious, as we'll soon see.
1: Well, or yeah, or, the, or something.
0: The the funeral director seems. I mean, he's quoting Leviticus, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he's quoting
1: Leviticus, but he yeah. not doing what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> of course, humanities. So, well, yeah, yeah, no, he, he he's throwing around some buzzwords. That's for yeah. sure. Yes. Um. So he can't find her. He asks the gravedigger for help. He says, well, she got moved to a special section. Um, I can't really tell you anything about it. You got to go talk to my boss. He'll, yeah. uh, he'll fill you in. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes to see the boss. And he, what he learns is that there's a special section of the cemetery that is reserved for people who don't qualify for normal burial in a Jewish cemetery, such as villains, people <laughs> who commit suicide, and Gentiles that result from mixed marriages. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love so how Larry's starts lying. with villains.
1: Okay, well, what does that have to do with my mom? My mom is not any of those things. Well, she's Larry David's mom. Is she's chance?
0: probably I'm a mom. villain. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so the guy says, "Well, when we examined her body, we discovered that the shamish the- in fact, <laughs> the Shabish, Right, the shamish is gonna. Uh, they found a the tattoo on her right butt on her right butt cheek, and therefore she's banned from the cemetery." Larry's like, what, the, what are you talking about? Why does it matter? Okay, so she has a tattoo. Maybe it wasn't such a nice tattoo, whatever. Um, and the guy explains that the Bible in Leviticus uh, prohibits tattoos, and someone with a tattoo can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery,
0: yeah.
1: which, as we all know from our uh, Jewish educations, is, is that true, Alex?
0: No, it is complete popcock. There's no, no such, all,
1: there's no such it, thing as um, consecrated
0: ground in Southern California, right? It's not exactly yeah. a holy place. Yeah. And yeah, Maimonides does not say anything about uh, a special section. Yeah,
1: this is um, Nourishkeit, yeah. as they would say. Um, I, 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 by the way, open this open is a very segment.
0: common, much like yes. sex to a hole in the sheet, this is a very common thing.
1: Yeah, it's a very common Like I,
0: I have multiple friends. I can think of two people right off the top of my head who, when they got a tattoo for the first time, posted on Facebook, well, can't be buried in the cemetery anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember I read an article, I think it was an article at the Times about this a while ago, and they speculated that this was just, like, the type of thing that was, like, made up by literally, like, old Jewish grandmothers in order to, like, prevent people from getting tattoos because, like, they just – they didn't like it. I mean, it it is prohibited. They're not allowed to have a tattoo. But like, According to there's many, yeah. many, many, many things that are prohibited in Judaism. And none of them, if you violate, yes. you are now banned from being buried in the Jewish cemetery. Like, this is not a thing. And
0: and as we will discover on an episode later this season, there are many Jews who had tattoos, you know, against their will. And, you know, they suffered. <laughs> yeah, not, exactly. exactly right. We're not putting them in any special section.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a lot of them were put in a special section. Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> uh, I walked right into that.
1: <laughs> um, and difficult. the suicide thing is interesting because there is a rule that you don't really do the normal mourning if somebody commits suicide. Yeah, but they still can be buried in the Jewish cemetery. Yeah. that part is also you
0: know, no. You people the,
1: who were marriage, well, yeah. anyone can be buried in the Jewish cemetery. <laughs> no, there are rules. Yes. Like in
0: fact, if anything, I would say that the because uh, you know, uh, Kohain, which is the priestly class, Jews who are um, descendants of, of Aaron. From the Bible, uh, because they are prohibited from going into cemeteries, it tends to be that people who are um, of that tribe tend to be buried on the periphery of the cemetery, almost in the special section, as it were, so that their family members can sort of visit the grave without stepping foot into the cemetery
1: Interesting. in total. I never so, that. Okay. Oh, so yeah
0: so my 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 family my mom's family are kohanim yeah. so that's yeah, why i know you, that if
1: you want to be buried in a jewish cemetery Anybody. really the only thing you need to do is buy a plot the jewish yes
0: cemetery. exactly
1: <laughs> and they will take your money and give you the plot
0: yes and i i imagine that's true for any cemetery as far as i know
1: yeah i think i mean it's yeah. you know <laughs> people take your money yeah um Larry is very upset because he says, if he was here for the funeral, like he should have been, and I was told about it, this never would have happened. I need to fix this. You know, could we please just get her the plot that we paid for? And the funeral director says, like, you know, sorry, there's nothing I can do. The law is the law. Um, and sometimes not the law is the law, but anyway. So we head back home to Larry's house and he's sitting with his dad and with Andy and he says, now that's two things you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me that she died, and you didn't tell me that she had a tattoo. So what are we gonna to do to fix this? And Larry uh, Andy agrees with Larry that this whole thing is ridiculous. The whole, you know, there's no reason why she shouldn't be allowed to be buried there because of the tattoo. The dad kind of agrees, but he feels like there's nothing they can do. Larry says she would be sick to her stomach if she knew, and his dad even agrees. Um, so Larry says, you know, what is the story anyway with this tattoo? How did she get a tattoo? And his dad explains that when they had just gotten married, they were walking on the boardwalk and they saw a tattoo parlor and they both said, why not? And they went in and they each got a tattoo of a rose with their names on it. Andy is very touched by this. He calls it an act of love. He says he can't even imagine his parents making love. Larry says he can't imagine Andy making love.
0: <laughs> I too cannot imagine Richard kind making
1: love. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. Um, Cheryl comes in to bring out some dinner, which turns out to be turkey Andy's very upset because he had turkey for lunch. Larry calls Landy out. i making a bad decision. You're double dipping now. Um, Andy says, well, I don't really know what you wanted for me. I had no choice. What's the alternative? I was going to get Chinese food in LA. <laughs> Larry's very upset. He says, what do you mean? There's no good Chinese food in LA. Andy says, yeah, everyone knows that. Larry says, really? There's a country of a billion people. And they sent all the good chefs to New York. They couldn't even send one good chef to LA. That's crazy. And these things, Larry's crazy to even compare New York Chinese food to uh, L.A. Chinese food. I didn't know this is a thing. I guess it's just everything is a thing.
0: Like well, food, I, all Jewish really stereotypical foods. foods, right? Bagels, deli, uh, pizza, which is just a New- – like all New York foods, New Yorkers like to say you can't get anywhere else.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, with the bagels so- especially – yeah, for so sure. I, I, you yeah, know, so they give sure.
0: excuses—the water. They give all this bullshit yeah. reasoning. So I,
1: that, that really is what they say, which just like never makes sense to me. That's like, oh, yeah. the water. The, is so the water has no impact on any other culinary food.
0: Outside. But also, the water has no impact on any other culinary food yeah. except for the bagels.
1: Yeah, and like they just—they can't get the like that yeah. type of water anywhere else on Earth.
0: Yeah, but I also love how Andy's only two options for lunch were either turkey, <laughs> right. turkey or Chinese, or Chinese food. food. Has Andy not heard of tuna? The entire concept of lunch is built around tuna.
1: Yes. Um, and, you know, Larry shouldn't really be going, pulling out all the stops promoting these L.A. Chinese restaurants, given the fact that you order the the shrimp dish and they totally shrift you on the shrimp.
0: Yeah, that's true. As, from Larry's experience, the Chinese food isn't, so, or maybe the food is good, just the uh, service isn't so
1: good. Yeah, and the service and the the portions. Yeah, they're inconsistent. Um, so Larry quietly calls them into the other room. I guess he's is, trying to keep this a secret from Cheryl.
0: Yeah, very odd.
1: Yeah. Um, and he says, I want to move mom's body to where it's supposed to be. And he suggests paying off the gravedigger. The father thinks this is a terrible, even dangerous idea, and he thinks it's fantastic. Larry says, you know, there's really no risk, because the worst that can happen is the gravedigger will say no. And at least then I tried. So it's funny that this this um this story reminded me of so when my wife's grandfather died like a year or two ago which Did is not
0: put him in the special section
1: but so they we got there we got to the cemetery and they were about to you know start doing the process to bury him and someone realized that like the grave that they had dug up was not the right grave like they had built there were, like several plots in like the family area and someone had you know mapped out exactly where everyone was supposed to eventually go because this is the type of thing that Jewish people do. They, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they buy up all the plots and then figure out where everyone's gonna lie for all of eternity. And th- he was supposed to be in like the grave three graves over, not that one. So we had to like sit there and wait for them to like fill that one and then like <laughs> dig another one. <laughs> we like we waited for like three hours. The the main takeaway that I said, I told I made sure everyone there knew that when I die, first of all Definitely, nobody should wait. Like, put me in what? Put me in the other, in the wrong hall. It's fine. Um, and like, even more so, just like, what do I want done with my body when I die? Whatever you want. Yeah. Like, bury it, cremate it. It's like, it's really not my concern at that point. Like, put me out with the by the curb with the trash. Like, it's I'm mean, indifferent. <laughs> yeah. Um, certainly, nobody should wait in the cemetery three hours to make sure I'm in this hall and not that. Hole. That's yeah. yeah. But,
0: my my uncle um, who passed away last year. There's, like, the whole Chester family plots where they bought them all in, like, the right order that they wanted to be in, the, in like, the cemetery in Minneapolis, and the cemetery made a mistake, and they put some Russian guy in, uh, in my uncle's spot. So the last year of my uncle's life, while he was, like, suffering from cancer, he was, like, completely just obsessed with this, and he was very, very mad and um, that they put the Russian guy in the plot because they had the whole plan set up. And then my, my my cousin, my uncle's son, ended up suing the, the cemetery over this, and it was a whole big conflict. And then the bigger issue was that they then, my my uncle's tombstone, which he, I guess, had designed before he passed away, the cemetery rejected the model because they said, now that the Russian is in his spot, he has to be down the hill, and so his... his Tombstone has to be lower because of the curvature of the hill or whatever. So now not only is the Russian in his spot, but the Russian has a bigger tombstone than him. And It was a whole bigger fight. And, uh, yeah, my attitude was, you know, uh, especially when you're sick and dying of cancer, I guess you think about this a lot, but yeah, well, you're dead, you're dead.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember there There's was a Russian
0: guy in the middle of the Chester's. Now.
1: <laughs> there was an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond's where um, his mom realizes that his dad like sold one of their two plots that were supposed to be side by side. And she's like she's like furious, but she's also like, I don't understand. Like, didn't you like how did you not think I would, you would get caught? And he's <laughs> like, Well, I figured if you die first, you can't yell at me. <laughs> if I die first, yell can, all you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we're back over at Richard's house, and we see he's meditating using Larry's Gia mantra. Um, this whole plot line is insane. Um, the phone rings, it's Larry and Richard's upset that his meditation got thrown off by the phone, but he really, he blames himself. It's in you know, a surprising, he doesn't even blame Larry for this. Yeah. Uh, he blames himself for yeah, not having a ringer. Um, Larry says, Oh, it's interesting that you mentioned that you were meditating. Um, I want to take back the mantra that I gave you. Yeah. Now, what does this mean? Yeah only one person in the world can, can say Gia at a time? Well, well,
0: the craziest part is, okay, so Larry says that to Richard, Richard says no, and Larry says, okay, well then let's split it. Well, if he's okay with the split, then you know how he splits it? By so not telling yeah, Just do it. By doing it. You yeah. say Gia, Richard says whatever the hell he wants, and yeah, so it really yeah. makes no sense.
1: This doesn't. this does like, doesn't even make remotely any sense. Yeah. Um. So Richard's upset because he's actually really, it's working for him, he doesn't want to give it back to Larry, which again, mm-hmm. Richard can also say, Sure, have your mantra back, and then yeah. keep, hang up and continue Richard doing. tells
0: Larry he can't be an East Indian giver.
1: Yeah, um, Larry wants to split it. Richard thinks that sounds a little gay. Yeah. Um,
0: Richard says, but don't worry, you're not a homosexual. Larry says, I know I'm not a homosexual. I yeah, know I know I'm not
1: a homosexual. Yeah. Um, he really doesn't want to give it back, so Larry finally plays his strongest card, the dead mother. Yeah. And Richard has no choice but to give him. And I'm surprised it
0: works on Richard because he had been sort of bragging to Richard about how he was using it on others.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess it's just, it's so powerful. It's like the yeah. You just can't resist it, even when you yeah. know it's, it's happening. I suppose. Um, so Larry hangs up. He turns to Cheryl. Um, they say goodnight, but Larry's not ready to go to sleep. He, uh, he wants to see if Cheryl's interested in a quick uh, lovemaking session. Yeah. She says no, she's too tired. No, she says, I've already
0: showered, which I don't understand. You can't have sex after you've showered? Like, I mean, no wonder the square thinks afternoon sex is kinky.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe she likes to shower after she has sex, which seems reasonable because sex is disgusting. (laughs) Um, And she doesn't want to shower like twice. She's like, I just showered. Like, I'm not, like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. I don't know.
0: You don't have to get that dirty. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Anyway. so what does Larry do? The only trick he has left that works for everyone. Um, in every situation. Never, you know, I never even got to say goodbye. I'm so sad. I'm having a really rough time. And this still shouldn't lead to sex. Like, when <laughs> like, in the history of the world has a person said to a woman, I'm having a really rough time. My mom just died. And she's like, I'll have sex with you.
0: Well, in Wedding Crashers, Will Ferrell uh, escalates yeah. it and starts being a funeral crasher. Which yeah. is based on this whole concept, that people are really horny when they're in mourning. When they're sad, yeah. <laughs>
1: so we head back to the cemetery. Um, Larry greets the gravedigger. He uh, reaches into his pocket. He has what looks like an enormous wad of cash. Um, did, you, did you realize at the time that this money had anything to do with the, the movie?
0: Okay, so yes, you're asking me the first time I saw it, and I don't remember because I saw the episode. I've seen the episode so many times. But see, I had the opposite issue. My issue is it's so obvious. Like how could – to me, this is the most unrealistic unrealistic thing of the whole episode. How could Larry mix up the real cash with fake cash? It just doesn't make any sense because he knows he needs cash to bribe the guy, and so he's going to have to go find cash at an ATM or the bank or whatever, and then he finds this enormous wad of cash, and it is an enormous wad in his pocket, (laughs) and he doesn't think – oh, is this real? Or like, where did I get this from? Oh, yeah, I got it for the movie. He just says, oh, I have an enormous wad of cash in my pocket. That's a normal thing. I'll just give it. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. He yeah. would have no reason to think, like, to not, unless he literally has huge stacks of cash everywhere at all times, which he well, doesn't. Yeah, then as soon as, yeah, but it, it doesn't make any sense. As soon as he puts his hand in this, he to be like, why do I have this here? And then, like, if I put my hand in my pocket and found any amount of cash beyond, like, a $20 bill, and even that, I'd be like, why is this here?
1: Especially a huge wad. <laughs> So, Huge yeah. lot of cash to not just be in your pants, yeah. Yes, so, um, very very strange. So the grade digger tells him. Me Although me this at- goes to my
0: concept, I used to have an idea that I wanted to open a men's clothing store, and when I like bagged your clothing for you, I would always slip a twenty dollar bill in the pocket as I gave it to you. Because I figured it would be a social experiment to see how many people return it, thinking that it's you know that it belongs to someone in the store, it's been somehow misplaced. And then, you know, I could always – I'm not going to lose any money. because jack with the price by $20 if each item just to cover it. But I always thought this would be a very interesting social experiment to see. So what your plan is – What percentage of, of people <laughs> – is to, is to
1: start a clothing store so that you can run this experiment.
0: Well, I'm very curious. What percentage of people do you think would return the
1: $20 bill? Extremely low. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them wouldn't – it wouldn't even occur to them that – it, it was in there from the beginning.
0: Well, But I mean, you put your hand in, in a new jacket or, an, you know, or a new yeah. pair of pants that you've never worn before. You don't expect to find something in the pocket. I mean, I mean if I you found a credit needed, card, if you found a credit card with someone's name, would give it back. Yeah, that's the other thing. I guess people probably aren't putting their hands in the pocket until they're home, and by that point, they're not. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to go back. Yeah. I, I probably would frankly assume that it's mine. I just don't know how it got there.
0: In your new pair of pants? Uh, I'm not gonna. You, I don't know. I'm,
1: you you, you go back to the pa- store, being like, I found twenty dollars yeah. in my pants. I think this might be someone else's.
0: <laughs> okay, site. fine. So I don't need to do the experiment. You think it's? Uh, no yeah, I
1: don't do that. think so. I certainly <laughs> wouldn't invest in buying a clothing store for the for purpose of running this experiment. Okay. Well, I had a strategy, but okay. Um, so the grave digger tells him to meet him back at the grave tonight, and he better bring some help, some friends along to help him dig. Yeah. Uh, we cut to that night and we have our uh,
0: spoiler alert they use heavy machinery when they're digging up graves they don't use uh, four tiny dinky little shovels
1: um, yeah they usually do yeah. although in the situation with my wife's grandfather uh, they weren't able to use the machinery because it was like in a spot that like the crane couldn't get to so they had to dig <laughs> it by hand which is why it took so long
0: because <laughs> they what they have three old Jews and an even older Jew
1: they, was, no, they were workers, but they were using shovels instead yeah. of. But no,
0: but yeah, but I just, you know. I love the fact that Larry shows up with uh, his 80 year old dad <laughs> yes. and two overweight middle aged <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh,
1: this is no uh, like Ocean's Eleven, kept uh, yeah. the gang together scene
0: here. <laughs> but the like, could Larry not have hired a couple of day laborers or night laborers, I guess, as it were?
1: Yeah, also, like, he should have, like, said to the gravedigger, like, okay, fine, I gave you X dollars. Tell me the amount of dollars I need to give you for you to just handle this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, obviously, the money is no issue to Larry.
1: Yeah, right. Because like I give him, say, I'll give you ten thousand dollars. What do you yeah. care? I'll do it. I'll make it a hundred thousand. Whatever. Yeah, you have a hundred billion. Um, so they get a little lost. Eventually, they find the place. The gravedigger gives them the shovels and basically wishes them luck and walks off. Says, "Well, I only have four shovels, so I can't be of help." <laughs> um, we see a little montage of them. They get, they're working on it. They're arguing with each other. All all the while, the upbeat curve music plays in a very. Uh, Disjointed, disorienting fashion. Um, So we're back home, and Larry is meditating, using the Gia mantra, which he segues into the dreidel song. Gia, 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 I made it out of clay, and when it's dry and ready, oh, Gia, I shall play. Um, So we hear a knock on the door. It's Richard Lewis. He's angry because he just learned that the Gia mantra means fuck me. And he's been chanting fuck me all over, uh, uh, over again and again and again. Um, he tells Larry, you can take that mantra and shove it up his ass and fuck you. Which is, I don't know why he's mad at Larry. Larry told him from the outset he has no idea what it means.
0: Yeah, And as we said, Richard always blames Larry for things that aren't Larry's fault.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, the next morning and Larry and Cheryl are eating breakfast outside. Larry notes how it's such a beautiful day. He comments on the beautiful sound of the birds, and then says, sometimes I like to pretend that I'm deaf and that I can't hear the birds, and it's actually not so bad. Um, all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door, and it's the cops. And they're here looking for Larry David, who, and the, who's with them? The gravedigger. How do they find his... They are accusing Larry of this. They say that he has been passing counterfeit boils all around town, Larry starts. Also real, realizes what must have happened. He tries explaining to them that it must be the fake bills for the movie, but they don't care and they take him away. And he starts saying "Gia, Gia" over and over again, almost serenity now. As, yeah. He as also I tries.
0: He also tries telling them his mother died and the cops isn't very sorry for you, but yeah, it has no impact.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's let's uh let's unpack this. Yeah. Okay. So totally. first
0: of all, it seems absurd, obviously, that someone would be forcibly arrested for passing bad bills.
1: But, yeah, with, with like no questions. He's like yeah, trying although, to Although, I mean, something. that's literally and what happened like, to George no, Floyd. Sorry, no, you're arrested. Yeah,
0: that's literally um, what happened to George Floyd. Which... And
1: now the gravedigger, let's talk about the gravedigger here. So yeah. he goes to the cops and he says, <laughs> so here's what happened. Yeah. Some guy came to me and he bribed me <laughs> to <laughs> illegally move a body in a separate me, Yeah. And he's using counterfeit bills, so go arrest him.
0: Yeah. And they have, yeah, but uh, yeah, so the whole thing doesn't really
1: make any sense. Yeah. Also, if we want to be perfectly honest here, the uh, I believe the jurisdiction for counterfeit money actually falls to the US Treasury Department.
0: Yeah, it's a federal.
1: Yeah, it's a, the Secret Service, actually. That was their original purpose.
0: Yeah, you would not have a couple of more presidents cops. kept
1: getting assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, "Why don't we put the people in charge of money in charge of yeah?" I don't even know. Really yeah.
0: So yeah, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. So, um, um, it sounds like you're a little bit down on this episode.
1: Oh, I'm extremely down on this episode. Oh wow, I think this episode is 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 pretty bad. Um, pretty as I said and... at the top. Like basically nothing in this episode makes sense. Like the I, I think the Scorsese storyline is like the, the most normal one. The, the whole, everything with the cemetery is insane.
0: Wow. You know, the scene with his dad where they beat around the bush until he finds out his mom dies
1: is amazing. Yes, that's a very funny scene, but it doesn't make any sense. Like that, that would never happen. Okay. But fine. I so what's, what's your rating for this episode? Because that, that scene was funny enough. Yeah. Um, the rest of the episode I just really didn't think was that funny. Okay. And when it doesn't make sense and it's not that funny, that's uh, that's not a great episode for me. Um, so I am going to give this the same score as my lowest episode of the series so far. Um, and that is pretty, pretty good. One and a half pretties. Um, the same score I gave to Ted and Mary back at season one, episode two. Um, I know that this is an episode that people in general are very high on and I was excited to see it because I You know, I remembered some of the classic scenes in this episode, but those classic scenes are really surrounded by a whole lot of garbage, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I really like this episode. I was going to rank it quite high, and then I thought maybe it's because it's so Jewy that I like it, and maybe it doesn't translate to everyone else, so I lowered it a little bit. I I was going to say this is pretty, 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 pretty good. I was going to give it three and a half. Okay. So yeah, I guess we flip roles a little bit because last week I was at one and a half and you were at three. So yeah. Who is your come with guy?
1: Um, Got to be uh, Larry's dad, Nat. Matt David. Okay, he's uh he's very funny and, and whenever he's on screen this episode, he's just a delight. Even yeah, if so he doesn't make any sense.
0: I do have an award for Nat. Uh It's not this one. To me, the come with guy is someone who doesn't even say a single word in this episode. He's in one scene in the background. We see him for a few seconds, and that's Jeff. Because (laughs) if you have a friend and you say to them, hey, can you come in the middle of the night and dig up my mother's grave? (laughs) I don't mean like come to hang out. I mean, literally, you are going to be the digger. And this friend says, well, you haven't reached out to me in a week. We haven't talked. We have had no communication. But sure, I'll be there. That is the definition. That is the best come-with guy you will ever find. Yeah, that's fair. So Jeff is the uh, ultimate come with guy. And then if we get to the worst person, Richard Lewis is, uh, is pretty bad, obviously blaming Larry for things and, you know, whatever. But Larry's dad, Nat has to be the winner here. He didn't tell his son that his mother had died. That's really Um, bad.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. Um, (laughs) i have going in a little bit of a different direction. Um, I have the worst person is the grave digger. Okay. <laughs> For, you know, we talked about what he did at the very end. But even mm-hmm. what he's doing in general, he's like taking That's bribes to Does dig up help? graves. And then he like basically welches on the deal and just like gives Larry a shovel. Like, come on. but
0: like, well, welches idea, on the you're... deal. I mean, Larry, watched, Larry gave, him, gave him nothing, basically.
1: So. Okay. But me, at the time, they assumed it was a fair exchange. Larry did that by accident. He, he, uh, he knew that Larry wanted this guy to take care of it. He didn't, like, Larry didn't expect that him and his dad are going to have to move the body themselves. Yeah,
0: but really, Larry just sort of should have offered him more money. So I think that's on Larry. Because this guy obviously has a price. He has a price. Larry just didn't sure. bother asking. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> um, we have a couple of celebrities in this episode. We have, obviously, Martin Scorsese. Uh, Martin Scorsese, I would say, definitely a bigger star than Ted Danson.
1: So it's it's interesting. I was thinking about this. He's but
0: he's not necessarily as recognizable. Um, I'm not sure. I, well, either I mean Shaquille O'Neal is more recognizable, and his. I was going to say there's a debate who's more famous, Shaq or Nat David, right? Shaq or Martin Scorsese? Or yeah, excuse me, Shaq or Martin Scorsese? Yeah, Nat David not so famous, also not. not famous. But um, I thought for sure Martin Scorsese was more famous than Ted Danson, even if fewer people recognize him. I would say there's certainly a lot of people who would not recognize Martin Scorsese, but those people also, they would see Ted Danson and think, I know that guy from somewhere, but I don't think they would know him as the kind of person who wouldn't recognize Martin Scorsese, probably wouldn't recognize by name
1: Ted Danson. See what I'm saying? I'm not sure. I mean, Ted Danson was, like, the main character on, like, the most popular show on TV for, like, a decade. Oh, yeah. Martin
0: Scorsese's directed, you know, six of them. Yeah, but you don't, like, he's
1: not in the movies,
0: yeah, like, I mean, he's, I mean, he's in, you know, he shows up at the Oscar. I don't know. It, I, I, again, I, I can see more people. If you showed the pictures and said, is this a famous person? I think more people would say yes to Ted Anson than Martin Scorsese. I do agree with that. But I think a lot of those, a lot of the, the people who don't know Martin Scorsese are the kind of people who don't really know Ted Anson's face. But maybe I'm wrong. But either way, I think Shaq probably is more famous, right?
1: Yeah, I think Shaq is still clearly the most famous.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, we have Richard Kind playing, not himself, which is, I don't think Richard kind really ever plays himself, but
1: <laughs> well, I think he's probably always playing himself just with. Yes.
0: All, yes. Also fair. Uh, yeah, he really, he doesn't have a wide range in terms of his acting. <laughs> yeah. And then we have Shelly Berman, the comedian. I don't think that he really qualifies because I don't think a lot of people outside of the comedians know who he is, but when he died, I think, uh, i mean Steve Martin and, and Mark Marin, a lot of uh, comedians were, were very upset. They considered him a, a giant in the field. So, but before our time, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Should we go to the postman? Uh, postman! Postman, uh, come here! here Tell the okay. neighborhood! So we have two uh, two emails from listeners this week. The first from Zach Brooks. He says, so the tattoo rule is real. No, it's not. <laughs> good thing I never got any tattoos. Probably still a good thing, in my opinion. I'm not a big tattoo person, but it, if, if that's what's been holding you back, go get tattoos everywhere.
0: Have you ever thought about, Av, if tattoos were not impermissible in Jewish culture. I guess you're saying you're not interested in them anyways. I'm not, I'm, I'm not anti-tattoo. If you had to get a tattoo, if someone you know put a gun to your head and said, "Get a, you have to get a one-inch square tattoo, what would you get and where would you get it?
1: Um, well, I'd definitely get it somewhere where I could easily cover it up. Okay. So I guess maybe like upper Inside bicep. of your
0: thigh? Okay.
1: Yeah. No, I'd probably do like upper arm or something that you could pretty easily cover up. Um, you're not wearing a lot of white beaters? Be like a Mets logo or something? The I Mets? don't know. I, I wouldn't okay. do yeah um I, I i have said this is like a theory that i said yeah I,
0: say, I know what you're about to say
1: a hundred percent certainty
0: yeah <laughs>
1: that if tattoos were a thing that was allowed in judaism then every single Jewish not not a lot like,
0: if it was a thing that was encouraged in judaism
1: even if it was just like neutral then like tons and tons of people who went to israel for the year and they get like crazy Would they would get like tattoos galore of like the various like Jewish things, and then when they got back to America, and two years later weren't religious anymore. With the
0: well, Jews but the, I, yeah, so I've quoted you on that before, but that only works if tattoos were religiously encouraged. Because if, if if tattoos were just neutral, th- there's a lot of things that are neutral that people don't that rabbis don't encourage people to do.
1: Yeah, I guess right. It if only right, it right. only
0: works if tattoos were like a a positive thing within Judaism.
1: I guess. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Zach says, "I don't know what else you could ask for in a Kerb episode." Um, have been making sense at any point? <laughs> sure. Um, he says, "Funny, yeah." Sorry, Zach. I don't mean to interject. Funny subplot, story comes full circle. Ridiculous side characters five pretties.
0: Wow! So I liked it. You sort of shame me into it, and uh, Zach uh, brings me back up.
1: Yeah, I go Larry, I often end up putting random words into the tune of the dreidel song. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, listen, oh, Listeners are uh, listeners are going to be uh, closer to you, and in some cases, ahead of you. Um, Olin Allen writes in, following up on last week's comment that you wouldn't expect a comedian like Larry David to be in a Scorsese film, I disagree Scorsese has had much success with comedians examples include Jerry Lewis and Sarah Bernard in King of Comedy, Don Rickles in Casino and most recently Mm. Ray Romano in The Irishman Larry seems to be performing strongly but those guys he was acting with didn't seem interested at all, obviously the ideal comedian for Scorsese to get right now is Richard Lewis and pair him up with Al Pacino as identical twin brothers without getting to resort to any of that Irishman CGI stuff He's saying that Richard Lewis looks like Al Pacino?
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you, know, you, don't, you don't think so, I guess.
1: I don't see that a ton. I, think I, mean, I guess I have to look closer. Um, he says, Chester might be right. I probably gave half a star too much to the terrorist attack. Fell a bit down on the first half of season three, but things have picked up for sure here. Notably surprised to hear my star minute episode was Shelley Berman as Larry's father. I think his opening exchange is even funnier on a rewatch than the first time when you know he is trying to skirt around the issue of Larry's mother's passing. Formed a great double act with Richard Kind as well. His little mannerisms were hilarious, and I can't compliment his performance high enough. Love the use of My Mother Just Passed for Larry to get his way while also balancing that out by being a devoted son and ensuring she has moved. The episode wrapped up quite nicely as as well. Four and a half pretties out of five left a little room after last week's rating. Wow. So the so listeners, the listeners um, really even love higher it. than you, yeah. who are even higher than me. Yeah. Come with Guy Jeff for coming to help out with the grave digging. Oh so, yeah, wow, Owen and I really yeah, here. The villain of the week, a second off-screen nomination, Larry's mother for not wanting to bother him about her deteriorating health. Still may she rest in peace. As a Gentile, I don't think I have enough theological insight to suggest whether the general manager of the cemetery is worthy or not of inclusion. So instead I will just speak ill of the dead. P.S. If anyone is ever visiting in Ireland, feel free to call me. I mean, I don't want to meet you, but it'd be nice to be thought of and have a call. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You just People just like to be thought of. Yeah. And Olin,
0: by the way, raises a good point. Like, what was Nat David's, like, what was his plan for that
1: conversation <laughs> no
0: Did he think there was a scenario where he wouldn't have to tell Larry?
1: Yeah, like, even let's say what he did make sense to initially, it's like, okay, now you're back in L.A. and your mother is dead. So I should tell you that. Like, you yeah. can be telling him now. Yeah, very, very strange. Because I feel like he's still trying to like, hope that maybe he'll get out of it. Yeah. I'm yeah, not are those really things. sure what he's going for there.
0: All right, next week, Season 3, Episode 7, The Corpse Sniffing Dog. Uh, Larry hires a bald chef, and he helps Jeff get rid of a dog uh, to whom Jeff is allergic. Uh, you know, last week we talked about Larry taking a risk. And, Av, you told me this week about a time over the weekend when you took a risk it worked out better for you i think than it did for larry if i'm not mistaken yeah
1: i was uh i did pretty okay with it yeah so i'm very excited for next week you know season three episode seven is a big thing on robin akiva needs a podcast and that podcast is really pretty 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 pretty, pretty good